Let us pray. <clears throat> Holy Father, once again we come before You and thank You for Your love and Your salvation that has been given to us freely by Your grace. It will take eternity to appreciate it in full. And really we can't even begin to comprehend that of what it is to live forever. Nevertheless, thy will be done. Help us now as we continue to work through the Scriptures to your honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. We were looking at verse 6 this morning and uh, seeing the how it is that either uh, you're either living in Christ or you're not. And uh, how that we have God in us and how that Christ abides in us. In verse 7, he says, Little children... Let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. And he that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. In other words, it's like John is saying, you know, there's all kinds of people out there in the world and all kinds of people that are professors and uh, they profess to be religious, but in reality they're not. He said, let no man deceive you. Of course, this little children here is designation for all of the children of God. We are not to be led astray. That's just this idea of de deceive. For someone to lead us out of the way. I want to look at this word a little bit to show you how it's used to get a fuller idea of its meaning. Look at Matthew chapter 24, first of all. Of course, this word deceive is used 37 times, but we're not going to look at all of that. All of them, I mean, but we're going to look at a few samples. Matthew 24. Take it up in verse 4. Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. 
For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Shall deceive many. One of the greatest deceptions in our lifetime a few years ago was the Jim Jones movement where a group of people left here at the United States and went down to an island and uh, he had them to drink the Kool-Aid where all of them uh, killed themselves. But there, there are all kinds of people that try to deceive God's people in making people think they're something that they are not. And Jesus plainly said that we are not to be deceived. Drop down to verse 11 in Matthew 24. And many false prophets shall arise and deceive many. And then drop down to verse 24. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets. Now notice this. And shall show great signs and wonders. Insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Now I do not know what all kinds of diabolical signs and wonders that may be done. But I will say this. I don't care what a person does if he's not teaching the truth of the Scriptures, he's a false prophet. He's a false prophet. In fact, uh, no, I don't have it written down. Turn to Deuteronomy 13. Deuteronomy 13, if there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and giveth thee a sign or a wonder and the sign or the wonder come to pass whereof he spake unto thee saying, let us go after other gods which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for the Lord your God proveth you to know whether ye love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And then he goes on and says that that prophet or that dreamer of dreams uh, uh, should be put to death. But the point that I want to make is 
that he gives a sign or a wonder and the sign or the wonder come to pass, it's not a matter of miracles. It's not a matter of any uh, great sign or wonder. It's a matter of what a person teaches. It's a matter of whether a person is teaching the truth of the Scriptures or not. Look in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Well, I don't know why I have that verse. I guess the word is used in there somewhere, but I don't recognize it. Let's go to the 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians. Oh, yes, I do know why it's there too. It's the word uh, for deceive. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Don't be deceived. If a man's an adulterer, if he's a, if he's a fornicator, if he is a, an effeminate, if he's a thief, if he's covetous, don't be deceived. They won't inherit the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians 15. Be not deceived, verse 33. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Be not deceived. Evil communication corrupt good manners. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. He that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, and he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. God tells us over and over not to be deceived of various things. Second Timothy chapter 3. Verse 13, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And then in 1 John, chapter 1 and verse 8, 
If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. 1 John 2 and 26, These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce or deceive you. But let us look in, lastly in Revelation. Time and time and time again, God tells us not to be deceived. And the only way, the only way that we will not be deceived is to know what the truth is, that is to know the Scriptures. It's, reason, it's essential we read and study Continually the word of the Lord. Revelation 2.20. It talks about Jezebel. She teaches and seduces or deceives God's people to commit fornication and eat things sacrificed to idols. In other words, here was a woman that was teaching in the assembly. You know, Southern Baptists just underwent a, uh, one of their uh, conventions and they, though they did allow women to teach, they thankfully at least uh, made some standing in saying that a woman could not be uh, the senior pastor and so on, and some of the larger congregations uh, left the Southern Baptists over that. But this is Jezebel teaching. Women are not to be teaching in the assembly and lording it over uh, men. You say, that's chauvinism. No, that's, that, that's the Word of God. If you have a problem with it, take it up with the Lord. You say, well, there are some women that are a lot smarter than men. That's true but it still doesn't make the other right. I thought of a little humorous incident, but I'll... Well, I will go ahead and this was back in the 60s. I was, was with an older minister and we were in a bookstore and uh, this lady was running the bookstore and, and so on, which it, I don't, nothing wrong with that. But she was also a teacher, supposedly, in some assembly somewhere there in the little town in which we were. I don't remember all those details. But this older minister kept calling her Jessie. 
And, uh, but Jesse wasn't her name. And I asked him when he walked out, I said, uh, well, why were you calling her Jesse? I said, is there some, uh, is that her nickname or what? He said, well, said she didn't know what I was talking about, but that's what, uh, that's short for Jezebel. <laughs> and he was right. You know, she she was a she was a Jezebel, whether she knew it or not. God said to this congregation in Thyatira, He said, "I'm against you because you let that woman that calls herself a prophet to teach." And to seduce my servants, as well as commit fornication and eat things sacrificed to idols. Look at Revelation 12 about deception. Revelation 12, verse 9. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called in the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels cast out with him. But the devil, he deceives the whole world. You know why the world is the way that it is? They're deceived, they don't believe the Bible. Revelation 18. Verse 23. Well, let's go to verse 22 and start with that. Well, let's go back to 21. And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. And the voice of harpers and musicians and of pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee. And no craftsman of whatever craft he be shall be found any more in thee. And the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee. And the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth. For by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. Were all nations deceived? Revelation 19, verse 20. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone. The beast and the false prophet deceived the false worshippers. 
Revelation 20 and verse 3. And cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years be fulfilled. Satan is going to be bound to where he will not deceive the nations. But until then, the nations are deceived. No matter how many uh, united nations they make, try to put together you know United Nations was built uh, out of the League of Nations and supposedly it was to bring world peace but there had been more wars uh, with those organizations than it was before they were deceived they don't know what to bring peace Verse 8, talking about when Satan's loosed out of his prison. Verse 8, And shall go out and deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth. Deceive the nations. Verse 10, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. So you can see all throughout the Scriptures, not only here in 1 John, but all throughout the New Testament, we were warned over and over and over and over, and I I could have given you a whole lot more. But from Matthew to Revelation, be not deceived. Don't be deceived. God's people are supposed to have insight and understanding as to what the truth is and not let the preacher do all your uh, studying for you. And you can see how that most, how that the world is deceived. Back again in 1 John 3, 7, Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. In other words, the individual that is practicing righteousness is righteous. If he's not practicing righteousness, then he's not righteous. And if he is practicing righteousness, then he's righteous just as Christ is righteous. Now that doesn't mean that he has, uh, that he is inherently righteous like Christ is. It doesn't mean, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They have the same quality of righteousness, but not the same quantity of righteousness. Christ is more so. But He's still 
has the same type of righteousness as Christ does because He has a change of nature. Christ didn't have to have a change of nature. But here again, He that doeth, there's that present tense again, He that is doing, He that is living a righteous life, it is He that is righteous. And again, in connection with the verses this morning, as well as the verses after this, if a man is not walking in righteousness and holiness, then we cannot say that he's a righteous man. You say, well, I, I don't know about that. Don't be deceived. That's what John said. If he's not if he's not doing righteousness, he's not righteous. So what do you mean? That in other words, habitually practicing righteousness. He's a righteous man. He's a righteous man. He lives in and abides in righteousness. He who is righteous cannot be in an inactive state no more than Christ could be inactive. In other words, He can't be neutral. James spoke to this in his epistle in chapter 2. James chapter 2. Get back there to it. Let's pick up at verse 14. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked or destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Here's someone that he sees a brother in need. He's not talking about the world. It says if a brother or sister is naked or destitute of daily food. Well, God bless you. Hope things go well for you. We'll be praying for you. In other words, you don't have any faith. Your faith is dead. Faith 
without works is dead. Works are not going to save you. But if you don't have works along with your faith, your faith is dead. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works and I'll show you uh, my faith by my works. Thou believest there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. You know, the world says there's many gods. There's many ways to salvation. There's many ways to the happy hunting ground or the afterlife. So I said, no, I believe there's only one God. Well, that's good, but the devils believe that. You, your, your, your theology will not do you any good if you don't have the works to back it up. That's what James is saying. Believing there's one God is not enough if you don't have the works to back it up. Faith without works is dead. But will thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Abraham manifested his justification. Seeth thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? And the Scripture was fulfilled which saith Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. In other words, if a man doesn't have the right works in his life, he is not justified. He doesn't have genuine faith. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way? Notice it did not say that Rahab was justified by the lie that she told. You know, she said the... the the spies had been there, but they were gone. God didn't commend her for lying. He commended for hiding the spies. You have to keep that in mind. But I don't want to get sidetracked. For the body, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. This is what John is saying.
Back in 1 John 3, verse 8. He that committeth sin is of the devil. He that habitually practices sin. He who lives in sin is of the devil. Just as the devil was a sinner at the beginning and continues being a sinner now, so he that continues in sin now is a sinner from the beginning of his life as the devil was. You see... I can say, if you're committing sin, you're of the devil. Because that's what the Scriptures say. John doesn't leave anything to be questioned. He's quite open and forceful. He doesn't leave any question. There's no guesswork as to where a person stands. I can see how people might want to ignore this little epistle. This is the reason the Son of God came that He might destroy the works of the devil. Ultimately, all of the works of the devil shall be destroyed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the devil himself shall be cast into the lake of fire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you know what? You know who else is going to be in the lake of fire with the devil and the beast and the false prophet? All of those who are living in sin. All of those who, are, who habitually practice sin. Unless God regenerates their hearts, they're going to be right there with Him. I am well what's the word uh, amazed I use that too often I guess uh, let me let me re restate it there are people that have no love for Christ that there are other people here in the world that give them a hard time. And they keep talking about how they hope these 
their enemies will get their karma someday. And if there is a hell, they'll be glad when those people are sent to hell. But little do these people that are talking that way realize that unless God changes them, they're going to be there with them. Now you think about it. Two people that are at odds with each other. And let's say one person has been giving this other person a hard time and causing them to have to go back to court time and time and time again, spend hundreds and thousands of dollars for lawyer fees and so on. They're just Their whole lives are just wore out with these two bickering back and forth with each other. Unless God changes them, they're going to have to spend eternity together. Not only would the devil, but with each other. Can you imagine the myriads of blaspheming sinners having to spend eternity together? I mean, just being in hell is enough, I would think. but the association not only with the devil and his angels but with one another. Don't be deceived. This is going to happen. But sin in the child of grace through the regenerative work of the Holy Spirit is not going to reign. Look at Romans chapter 6. For sin, excuse me, Romans six fourteen. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Notice that sin is not going to rule over the child of grace. Why? Because ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey his servants, ye are whom ye obey? Whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. In other words, you are either 
a servant of sin or a servant of righteousness? If you're a servant of sin, it's going to be unto death. If you're obedient, then it's unto righteousness. Verse 17, But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Before God regenerated us and converted us, before all of that, we were servants of sin. We were a slave to sin. And people today are under slavery to sin. If you don't believe it, just walk down the street. The way people act, the way people dress, the way people talk, words are put on news broadcasts today that when I was a child, uh, people would be, th be thrown in jail for speaking them. Verse 17, But God be thanked that ye were, ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you, being then made free from sin. You became the servants of righteousness. Everybody on this earth is a slave. He's either a slave to sin or a slave to righteousness. I'm astounded that people talk about, well, the Bible condemns slavery. The Bible doesn't condemn slavery. It condemns kidnapping. It condemns a master for being a wicked master over a slave. But regardless of that, we're all slaves. We're either a slave of righteousness or a slave of sin. You can't get around it. You can't get out from under it. Oh, I'm my own man. Yeah, you're your own man, all right. You're, you're your own man uh, encaptivated in sin. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members' servants of righteousness unto holiness. Used to, dead in sin, we yielded our members unto sin. What do you mean your members? Well, you let your eyes look at sinful things. 
You let your mind think about sinful things. You used your hands to do sinful acts. You did. You ran with your feet to go to do sinful acts. Now you use those same members, your eyes, your mind, uh, your hands, your feet, your mouth, whatever else. You use those members you're to do righteousness with them. If a man has a filthy mouth, I don't care how many, how often he sits on a pew. If he has a filthy, blasphemous mouth, he's not yielding his members unto righteousness. He's yielding them unto sin. You see, it's not what a man says, it's what he does. You believe there's one God? Devils do that. Not what you believe, it's what you say, what you do. Verse 20, For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin, now you're, made, you're free from sin. Not free that you don't sin at all, but you're free from the dominion of sin, from sin reigning over you. You become servants to God. Ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Well, I'm going to stop here. Take up verse 9, the Lord willing, next time. If I take it up now, I won't have time to give it the full uh, justice that is due, I think. But obviously, I'll tell you where we're going. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. That is, he does not habitually practice sin. But we'll take that up, Lord willing, next time. Holy Father, we come before You and thank You for Your Word. John makes us uncomfortable, and rightly so. But help us not to go to in the ditch on either side. We're not saying that we don't sin at all. We're simply saying that we don't wallow in that sin. We don't live in that sin. We're not comfortable in the sin. Help us 
to honor you as we live out our lives in this sinful world, in this sinful body, to your honor and glory. In Christ Jesus, amen.